the competition, the matches, the games, whatever you want to call it. It is all officially underway. How about this? We are so looking forward to getting our first coach Let's go on the pod, Ryan, alongside David. David, how are we on this official game week? Well, we're doing fantastic, and some would say set the bar low for your first coach. You know, get someone. At Northwestern, we don't have that option because all our coaches are so awesome. But we went for the top. We went and got Coach Ani, the head coach for the men's and women's golf teams, and the first Northwestern team to compete this year. He's already had a match. So, Coach Ani, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, kind of honored to be the first uh, to step in and, <laughs> and, and do this show, I guess, as a active head coach. Coach Hill, still coached, but obviously yeah. his role as AD is a little bit different now. But Well, 34 years, so there's not many things that surprise you. You don't have a lot of firsts left to do still, but first time on a Northwestern Athletics sponsor podcast, I hope. Uh, Yes, okay. and uh, a little nervous, but I think I'll try to get through it. <laughs> You've conquered everything that's been in your path for 34 years, so you will do awesome with this. Well, let's jump right in. We're happy to have you. We won't waste any time. The listeners don't want to hear myself and Ryan talk. Uh, they want to hear you talk. You guys are, you guys are good. My, Come on now. I'll speak for myself. They don't want to hear me talk. They probably want to hear Ryan talk. But let's just talk a little bit. We said you're the head men's and women's golf coach. That's not it. We know that. But why don't you explain to your listeners – what are all the hats you wear? Because you do a lot of things. You know, we know different sports, different things around the building and the fields here at Northwestern. So why don't you just tell us what are all the hats you wear? What are all your roles? All right. For the next half hour, you'll try to <laughs> get the breakdown. But no, so I've full-time in athletics since 2014. And previous to being full-time, I was uh, assistant men's basketball coach uh, since the fall of 89. So that was a while ago. So that's the title that I have that I still hold. Um, having fun with that sport, obviously, every year. Great program. Uh, men's and women's golf, you just mentioned. And then I'm also the equipment manager for all the teams overseeing locker room setup, uh, athletic laundry. Uh, what else? Uh, things pertaining to the athletic gear that they would either need to wear for a match, game, contest, and then their athletic stuff. And then I also set up the gym for volleyball and basketball games. So it maybe would have been a little bit easier if we had said, what don't you do around uh, the <laughs> University of Northwestern Athletic Department? What's the busiest time of year? What's the one time of year where golf, basketball, equipment, laundry, gym setup, where it all comes together? Or is that just all the time? It's, it's a lot, but I'd say as the golf season winds down, so we play mainly in the fall, but we're a split season, so we can play both fall and spring but the conference tournament lands in October. Basketball starts up October 15th. Um, the teams are hitting the stride of their season, um, finishing up with the soccers, the volleyballs, the footballs. So I'd say middle October, it gets a little crazy um, with trying to stay afloat. Uh, got great student workers, so they do the lion's share of the work, but just making sure that I don't get a phone call. Hey, by the way, um, our uniforms never got washed, and we're playing today. You know, I haven't gotten that yet, but I've gotten – Probably the night before, or we've been able to get stuff done, but it's been pretty rare. My last question on that topic, have you ever had a disaster, like a purple sock in with the white jerseys, Ooh, and well, now the white jerseys are light purple, <laughs> anything like that? If I said it, no. I was going to say if I said so, the team would come after me, but we've never had <laughs> no the disasters. dreaded red sock that turned the white uniforms pink. There we go. So I'm very <laughs> thankful for that. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll hope that that continues in the future for sure. So yes. obviously you don't just wear multiple hats just stepping in right away. You have to have a path to get to this point where you have so much responsibility. Could you just share 
a little bit of your journey to getting to Northwestern Athletics. Yeah, so lucky to be an alum. Graduated in 89, started in the fall of 85. Uh, got to play a couple, well, a sport, basketball, the last couple of years, uh, which was a ton of fun. I was the football manager for three years, my freshman, sophomore, junior. So I was running, believe this or not, the same laundry machine <laughs> when I started as when I took over the job in 2014. The wow. exact same machine. So there's been a lot of renovations around the Erickson well, Center, but laundry, the washing <laughs> machine's not one of them. So they added some machines, but they okay. still kept old tried and true. It was still there. I was, I was amazed. I'm like, that's <laughs> the one that I used in 1985, and it still worked. <laughs> Speed Queen. Shout out there to Speed go. Queen. Can we do that? Durable. Oh, for sure. First sponsor, Speed Queen. <laughs> so, and then from there, um, took, got into bat. I just didn't want basketball to end, so I asked our head coach at the time who was overseeing, you know, who got hired as an assistant, usually a fifth-year senior, and it turned into a position that I was able to do without being a student assistant or a student athlete per se, because I graduated in four years. So started there in 89, um, golf turned for me in 95 after it was a club run team. So I added that responsibility. So both of the jobs, I was stipend, um, working full-time off campus. Um, and then in 2012, got into admissions, um, for a couple of years after a couple of job transitions. And then, uh, yeah, then, added a full-time athletics position, which included all the above, doing this, that, and the other thing to make it a full-time position. Can you give us a little bit of an update on the history of the golf programs? You know, the men's team, there's some other coaches. You know, you weren't the first coach in program history. You're definitely the longest tenure, definitely have had the biggest, you know, fingerprint on it. But then women's golf, you're the only coach in program history, um, at least in the official record. So, uh, can you just talk to us a little bit? How did those programs get started? What did it look like at the beginning? How has it changed now? Just give us a little history lesson there. Yeah, so uh, so while I was coaching basketball, just a couple of years in, there were some guys on the basketball team and then some other sports guys that said that went to our athletic director at the time, Joe Smith, and said, "Hey, you know, could we start a golf team?" And he was like, "We give it, yeah, we'll give you a couple hundred bucks. See who shows up. You know, get yourself to and from the matches, but here's some money to go practice and maybe travel with." And uh, it, it was a player-led team. Barry Cornamone kind of was the player coach from like 92, 93, 94. And then he graduated. And uh, again, Joe, our AD at the time, is, came to me because I was his assistant for basketball. And he said, would you be interested in coaching the golf team? And I'm like, I'd love it. You know, you, you know I joke with my players. I mean, the guy said, I will give you money to go hang out with a golf team and, you know, to coach, I'm like, you're <laughs> going to pay me up? to do this. Right. <laughs> so just like, you know, so right then it was like, fell in love with it. Um, I've been playing now for 42 years, passion for the game, not a lot of like competitive experience, but I grew in my role as a coach from then into what it's now today. So it's, it's transitioned a lot from like playing golf alongside them to now, like mostly just going around to catch up. How you hitting it? What are you feeling? You know, those kinds of things. So it turned into being, a, a kind of, I don't know, like a, one of the guys to being like, okay, I'm responsible for them getting better versus just hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing, we had a couple of gals in, in 2006 that came up to Matt Hill, our AD now, and said, we'd love to start a women's golf team. So um, I think, again, it's like I kind of went out with them and watched a couple of gals play. And a year later, we're funded, we're a varsity team. And since 2006, we've been going, so I'm not sure if that's year 17 for the women and, boy, year 27 for the men, something like that, 28. And, uh, yeah, so 
before me as far as coaching, um, I think some basketball head coaches in, back in the late 70s were the golf coach. Because I, I hear from some of the alums that, um, that did play basketball and golf like, hey, I was on the golf team in like, 1979, <laughs> 1978. It's like, what'd you guys shoot? You know, and so, ah, oh, we won't tell you that, but we were on the team. <laughs> but so it's, it's off and on been going, kind of stopping, starting. And if I knew that I could play college golf, when I showed up on this doorstep at Northwestern, I was like, I look back and I'm like, why didn't I ask that question? Because mm-hmm. I could have been a part of something like that. But no regrets. You know, love coaching those teams. It's been pretty special. For sure. It definitely always pays to ask. I think that definitely applies to that. <laughs> yes. So let's let's skip ahead here. We're going to go back, I'm sure, a couple more times during this conversation. But skipping ahead, you guys are underway officially. You had your first competition this past Friday. Do you want to share a little bit about that experience, a new year? You've obviously been at this for a long time. What are your major takeaways from Friday out at Majestic Oaks? Yep. It was a beautiful day, uh, a great Tough venue, probably tougher than I had anticipated. So, so some of the scoring, I mean, crown men played really well, uh, beat us by six. We had some guys that, that kind of uh, kind of came in on the downswing instead of the upswing. So you can tell that, you know, front nine 36, front nine 37, and then some back nines that went the opposite direction. So you can see where their, the talent is there. But, like, I, I tell them, I said, you know, we shoot 323, which isn't great, not horrible, but it said I'd rather be trending in October that, you know, in the direction towards going lower than I'd go low now and then kind of go the opposite direction, like shoot this really super low number. And now that's the new normal for us. Um, but I know where our talent lies and I know what we can do for the guys. And that was good to see them kind of put their feet to the fire and see what the mental makeup, the physical decision making, it all, you know, plays into would I sh- take that shot over again? Would I do something different? And I think in their minds, they're like, yeah, I probably would do this different. So the learning curve with that. Is there a different way that you coach a golfer who maybe shoots a 36 on the front nine and then a 45 on the second nine versus somebody who shoots a 42, you know, both ways? Does that show you like, hey, the talent is there to shoot that low number, you just got to put it together for two back nines. Is that kind of encouraging when you see more of that? Or would you rather the little more like steady kind of identical nines? Sure. Great question. Um, the 42-42, just that scenario, that means that, you know, is there room for improvement? Probably. But when someone can really shoot even par, and then you said, like I said, go the other direction, you can tell what they're capable of. But now you got to try to pull that out of like, so a lot of times it's like, okay, I just did this. Wow, that's awesome. And all of a sudden their, their mindset, their concentration kind of pauses and stops. And then, well, I, I got to back this up versus it's one shot at a time, you know, one hole at a time, add it up when we're done playing. We get ahead of ourselves. Oh, if I do this, I'm going to shoot that. And then you start forgetting about all the shots that you need to make in the moment because you're worried about a par or a birdie instead of just hitting the best shot you can at that mm-hmm. moment. I'm really intrigued as well with the fact that you coach both the men's and women's golf teams here. Now, again, I'm an assistant coach here at this university for men's basketball alongside you. So you and I have worked together for a few years now. (laughs) Exactly. And a lot of the coaches here at Northwestern coach a team, you know, men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, football, but you coach men's and women's golf. What are the differences when you're coaching two teams at the same time they both compete in the fall so it's not like one team's competing in the fall one's in the spring 
you were coaching two teams at once, trying to win championships at the same time. How does that work? Are you addressing them as one team? Are you addressing, are you giving the men's team a different message than you're giving the women's team just based on how it's going? How does that work? The message is the same. Uh, we meet as a group. We practice as a group. We travel as a group almost exclusively. There's a few tournaments that we're going to be separate from uh, when it comes to out of town. But we're one group. Um, the message is the same. In my mind, when it comes mm-hmm. to golf, I think how you deliver it can change mm-hmm. because of, you know, there's the emotions that are involved, the level of play that some have or have not experienced. So some of that comes into, you know, can you – can you be direct or does it need to come a little bit softer? And it's both sides. It's not just, you know, female, male. It's, it's, you got to kind of walk the line of like, are they able to hear the tough stuff? You know, do you need to kind of bring them up and then add in the, the inspiration or the, here's what can be different and better. Mm-hmm. So it, and I got two good, uh, two really good assistant coaches and coach to Seth and coach Siemens, um, both played for me back in the day, which is pretty fun. Um, but anyway, so they do a great job of being in the moment on the course, and I'm back and forth, hitting them as necessary. It's challenging, but a lot of what we do, it's set up in practice. You know, mm-hmm. game day, you, you got to redirect, but you're setting the table in the practice grounds, in the range, getting them to understand this is what's going to take here or there, and then you got to let them loose, and you gotta you got to put a lot of trust in what yeah. they're supposed to do because they know what they need to do, but sometimes they'll get off the rails and you try to bring back on. You bring up an interesting point there too. As a golf coach, you know, you also coach basketball. You and I have had this conversation off air before in basketball as a coach, you can influence the game a little bit with substitutions and strategy. Maybe let's run this play or let's do this defense in golf. Once that tournament starts, you're kind of out of it, aren't you? I mean, there's not really substitutions and things like that you can make. So does that put extra emphasis on, man, in practice, we need to be really, really prepared? Because once this thing starts, I mean, that's kind of how it is. Very, very true. I mean, it's that's the – I've told this to so many people, like in basketball, timeouts, um, player A for player B, you know, it's like halftime. You know, all those things that you don't get on a golf course, it's like – next shot, next shot, next shot, and there's pace of play. So sometimes you're under the gun as far as like timing of like, we got to get through this hole. We got to keep going. But uh, it's very much get them ready, let them know the grind. But then also you got to say, now it's your, you got to, it's your, the ball's in your court, the golf ball's in your hand to put it on the tee, to put it on the ground and to make those really, really good decisions. And then the women's golf team, they won last Saturday, their first meet of the year. What were you happy with how they played? No, it was, again, that number we shot, 360, was, uh, again, probably a lot of what we did last year. But, again, we had individual uh, front nines that were much better um, versus the back. I don't know why that happened with both the guys and the gals, but there was, like, a trend of, like, it started good, and then it wasn't overly hot, but, you know, it's it's the first match. So it's like you understand that they, they've been in the flow of some summer break, and but we had a really good preseason with a lot of practice. Um, and opportunities to get tired and learn what do you need to do when you're tired. But um, we have a lot of room for improvement. Um, I, you know, the team that shot the 360 is very capable of teaming of a team that shoots 340, 345, and that gets you very, very competitive in our conference. If not, you know, hopefully, but teams are going to get better that we're going to play against. You know, all all year long in our conference. But um, the national scene, as we learned last year in the national tournament, was. You know, we finished near the end of that, that grouping uh, of teams that went down to play in the national tournament. 
and you saw what it takes to really be uber competitive and even try to make the cut. But I know that our ladies can do it. They know they can do it. Now it's up to them to be in the moment and, and, and do that as best they can on that given day with any kind of circumstances in front of them, weather-wise or, you know, things going on in your life too. Widening the picture a little bit, you mentioned this is just the first match. Obviously still multiple opportunities left before you get to that conference tournament. But share a little bit about your thoughts with both teams coming in. Kind of different trajectories. The men's team, lots of young talent, but kind of waiting to see how they step up. And then, as you mentioned, the women's squad coming off a conference title. Yeah. The excited for the guys. Um, added a couple really good freshmen. Um, even another one that kind of joined us that was kind of a an unknown that really had a, a special front nine, and uh, we won't name him because you can look <laughs> him up. But no, he he knows who I'm talking. I mean, most of us will know who we're talking about that we're on the golf team. But anyway, um, but really some really um, energized, fun guys that really love to get after it on the course, and they are for each other, and they're. They're literally iron sharpening iron. They're really getting after it. They're cohesive, um, inclusive. I mean, they're they're one big group that wants to play as best as they can. So it's really exciting to see where that's at with that newness. Like I saw it watching them play high school golf. I'm like, boy, these guys could come in and really kind of give us that little injection of energy and fun and obviously good golf. So excited where they're going. And then you flip to the ladies when it's a lot of uh, – experience uh, that's coming back. We have one new freshman who was able to be in our top five and, and she posted that's going to be her, her new low, um, obviously career low, but hopefully, and, and not hopefully, I know that she can go lower and she knows that too, but there's nerves. I mean, the first tee, everyone's like, oh, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. <laughs> and it's like, I get it, right? Um, that, that will never go away. But uh, just so they understand that, you know, that they can do it. And we always talk about, and I'll just interject this real quick. It's like, and I've told this to some parents, I recruit the player, not the score. There's, there's uh, you know, a guy that just lights out three-point shooter, you know, which is great, just take another sport, but doesn't play defense. I mean, I want the person who's got the drive, who's got the wherewithal to see it through the hard stuff, which that, that might be family, that might be, you know, school, academic, um, just things going on in their life that can really narrow the focus and really get after it. Um, and I, it's, it's a true statement. You're, your score does not identify you. Your identity is in Christ. I mean, your score is your score. One day it can be awesome. Another day it can go downhill. But that doesn't make you any worth less or more to me, obviously, or to Christ, because your identity isn't the right thing. It's like it's not who you are. It's what you do. And I think that's one thing that I've really tried to hit hard with these, uh, this current team. Because there's even the, the college gals that are on our squad are very much you know, not heavy, heavy high school experience, but plenty, but not like, like tried and true. So I need to let them know that they're 95 versus their 85. Love them regardless. The team is with them regardless. It's just that was that day. But how do we bring that 95 down? How do we keep that 85 going and, and, and drop it lower? So, um, yeah, so that's the message or that's how I can't remember the question, but I was talking. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> well, For sure. We'll keep rambling yeah, here. Well, we love it. I mean, that's uh, kind of the name of the game on this show. Just start talking and see where it <laughs> takes you. Um, Going back a little bit, you know, you just kind of talked about preparing for the first golf meet of the season. You just finished up your first off season with that beautiful golf simulator in the Erickson center. If, if our listeners haven't seen it, you probably won't be able to get in. you got to be able to scan, <laughs> but you can walk by it on the first floor of the Erickson Center. 
three beautiful hitting bays with awesome simulators, wood lockers, putting greens in there. How has that changed the preparation and approach of your athletes coming through this first off, first full off season with the simulator? Yeah. So we grand opening was September 17th last fall. Got to name it the Allen Gale Cureton Golf Training Center. I can't remember if the, all the wording's correct, but just thankful for him and what he's meant to athletics at Northwestern. But we christened the room, board members there. It was a ton of fun. So we got into it the tail end of the fall season. And then from, I told the players, I said, we've had to go off campus. We've had to like, hey, who knows someone that works at, you know, uh, a second swing that can get you in for an hour to hit somewhere. So we were very much without a home for forever. And we went from like pretty much nothing to everything and having, you know, a Foresight Golf, a GC Hawk is what the, the, the nicest setup is the way in there in the back. But it's the technology is phenomenal. It's probably more information than I could ever figure out. But tour guys know this stuff, but we're, we're doing a good job of learning. Um, but I would say that that room this winter, this past winter, allowed our women's team to maintain and almost like improve, you know, going into the spring season. And that was on them. I said, hey, I, I can't be in there with you. Your, your, your card gets you in. You've got November, December, January, most of February that you got to get out there on your own and do it. They were in there a lot. A lot of it was like uh, relational time. So that was like coffee, study, Bible studies, hanging out, watching. Well, get- I was in the office on Super Bowl Sunday, and I walked by, and I see the Rams and Bengals on this 100-foot screen <laughs> in the golf room, and I oh. see the golf team there just cheering on uh, the Rams or the Bengals or whoever they were cheering for. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, man, the yep. golf team. Yep. This this is the spot right here. This is the – I mean, it, and it's – and it is for the golf team, and that's the one thing that's it's their space, which I think is really awesome that they get to say, this is we're going to keep it awesome. We're going to really pour into it. This is where we're going to hang out because um, it is about us, and this is how you grow that that team unity, all that you know, that, that can go into making who you are off the golf course, o- away from the range, that the things that I have control over. And I said, it's your space. I would love you to be in there as much as you can. I can't control it, but I really want you to to do what you can. And so – you know, I walk by it to my office, kind of look at him like, all right, some more people are in there. Whether they're studying, whether they're hitting, I'm like, I'm celebrating the fact that, and I, the, the fun part is when I get coaches from other teams go like, your kids are in there all the time. And I'm like, great. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that they're, they're, you know, in the evening, they're, they're on the weekend. Um, not because I said they had to NCAA, right? You heard that, right? <laughs> but that, but that they want to be there. And that is something that it's important to them. And, and that's our sport. It's so social. And that's the hard part to, to, to take it away from, like, I golf with my buddies, my, my relatives, my grandma and grandpa, my mom and dad. But you put it in a competitive setting, and it does change how you operate. And that's the hard part when some guys have never had that really, like, gut-wrenching, put-you-to-the-screws kind of experience on the golf course. And that's where getting in there, competing – on the courses they play or having the range game that they play, like there, there's, you know, there's nothing on the line, but there's pride. And some of those, you know, guys and gals is like, I want to beat you, right? And that's what you want to have. I want to outdo you. And then we just keep on, like I said, iron, iron sharpening iron. But just to see them in that room allowed us to get out of the spring. Again, we played our first outdoor invite April 27th, and we were headed to the national tournament May 7th. So yeah. without having anywhere to go, we would have been – in a really, really bad place. So that room kept us going. Some improvement in some of the of the players, the gals, 
And it was fun to see it just kind of catapult and see us like keep those little scores coming in the springtime. Now you don't have to fear the snow as much. I mean, we get near Easter <laughs> yeah. and you're saying, you know what, if we have oh. snow, I don't love it, but it's not as bad as it used to be, right? So true. I mean, we've learned what, what you can and can't do in a golf room with, you know, 16 to 18 people. You got to split them up or figure out how to, to get them in and out so we're not hitting each other in the head with a club <laughs> and the balls aren't zinging and zanging all over the place. But no, it, we've, we've, we found a, like a rhythm to, to make it all work. And, but it is true. I mean, it's like in the past, it was like, all right, snow on the ground, it's raining, you know, see you tomorrow. Where now it's like, all right, you know, the guys will go at this time, you know, the gals, you'll go at that time, and when we'll get after it and we'll get better, even that for that hour, hour and a half, whatever. A fun one to throw at you real quick. So there's nothing like getting out on the actual course for actual competition. I mentioned Majestic Oaks. You got out there last week. You're going to be out there again. You got Pebble Creek at the end of the year for the UMAC Championship. You got Eagle Valley out there. I won't keep naming other courses, but is there one that you specifically enjoy as a coach to bring your team to? Uh, in town, out of town, does it matter? At anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a couple come to mind. If you say we, like Augusta, we might be like, okay. <laughs> so we you might, guys want to come? We, we, well, for sure, we might draw the line there, but uh, no rules besides that. No, we've been able to play in the National Christian College um, National Tournament um, a few times, and we played uh, down in Palm Coast, Florida, a course called the Ocean Course, and there's a sister course, the Conservatory. They play those two venues off and on, men, women, kind of alternating. And those two are pretty special. There's super, really, really conservator, conservatory, super long, very difficult um, ocean course, beautiful views of the ocean, as it's called, but um, a great test of golf. And obviously, it's some awesome weather that you get to play in for the most part. Aside from that, um, Randall Oaks for the men. We've been down to, we, we went down there probably in 2016, and the guys have, you guys, if you're listening, you can you can validate this. Probably one of the funnest courses to play. Not that long, but crazy greens. Like the defense is just the speed of the greens and the slope of the greens. And and guys, you know, we we probably finished middle of the pack a few times, but and putting was like that was you had to have it. And if you didn't have the putter, it was a, it was kind of a rough day. But that was a, a special one. So Randall Oaks down in Illinois. I love Pebble Creek, and uh, you know we've kind of like. Do we try to move that venue? Do we stay there? I think it's a great test of golf. They, they set it up well. They keep it in great condition. I think our players enjoy it, at least my team. I've never heard, like, why do we go back there? It's like, let's keep going back. Let's keep going back. So I've always enjoyed that one, too. There's been some instant classic finishes at Pebble Creek, too. <laughs> so feels like just for nostalgic's sake, we got to keep it at Pebble Creek for the UMAC. There you go. Um What's it mean to be coaching at your alma mater? I mean, we asked Dr. Hill the same question, and, and he had some really good things to say. I mean, Northwestern athletic staff, there's a lot of people who graduated from here who are back here working. I mean, I think that's probably the case at a lot of schools, but it seems like a very strong number of people who come back to their alma mater here at Northwestern. Why is that, and, and why is it so meaningful to you to be able to coach at Northwestern as opposed to any other school in the country? Easy answer. Um, the why of what you're doing. You know, I, I say it's the best school in the country because Christ is at the center of all that you do. From the moment you walk on campus, it's the classrooms, it's the chapel, it's your dorm life, um, athletic teams. And we do take it very intentionally. And I think that's the beauty of it. I mean, you, you can go other places, and I'm sure there are great programs elsewhere, but I, I truly believe that what we're trying to do, and we're far from perfect, 
But what we're trying to do is grow young men and women. In my case, I get to coach men's and women's sports um, into people who are going to make a difference. And, and again, you probably hear from the leadership here at Northwestern, but who are going to make a difference once they leave these gates of our campus, but also in the meantime, how they can grow into young men and women who are pursuing someone who has given them a talent and the ability, and they give that back in how they play. Um, not like looking at me, back of the jersey, you know, pointing fingers this way. It's, you know, whether you want to say pointing to heaven, pointing to the, the, the creator of who we are, but also the, the sport that we play and the giver of the gifts. We get all the joy in the world. He gets the glory. And I think getting them to understand that and know who they are in Christ and using that sport, um, to me, to be able to talk about that to people and say that's who we are and just, you know, plant your flag, to me, that's, that's why we do what we do. There's, there's better talent, better programs than us, obviously, but, but why we do it is eternal in, in, the, in the impact that they will take. We, so side note, we just had an alumni gathering on Saturday from some former players from over the years, mostly guys. We had one gal that showed up, and they got to sit in a group with our current players and talk and connect about, you know, what's it like now? This is what we did back then. And, you know, kind of telling some fun stories, but, but their message that they heard from, what, we had a 2002 grad, 2003 grad there, all the way till now. I mean, they're like, Coach, I love it. I mean, I've gotten some text back. You're, thank you for doing what you're still doing. I'm glad the message isn't different because what they heard me say to the group was what they heard in their, you know, sophomore, freshman, whatever year, till now. And I think that's something that they were proud that was still happening, that we have not changed because the program's gotten better, that we're not going to discount, you know, the faith element or discount something else, but it's, everything's really important to what they experienced. It's just gotten better. And I tell them why we have the golf room is because of where we came from. We've, we have improved and gotten better, and we need this, uh, whether it's to be not relevant, but like this is what the program needs, and obviously our leadership was able to – to make that happen, but just that message of, of faith. And I, and I said, it's your score is not who you are, it's what you do, your identities in Christ, and I think that's the biggest thing that I continue to hit with um, well, weekly, if not daily, with, with these kids. Last one for me, Coach. So looking back, I mean, obviously you've been here for a long time, as you mentioned, but you know what it takes to be on that mountaintop, if you will, at the end of the season and win the UMAC. I think back to the men's squad that you had that did it in that dominant run over that weekend in the fall of 2016 and then recently last year with what your women's team did and David mentioning hanging on on that last day. What's the difference in what it takes over a three-day event as we look this year to later October? I know you don't want to rush to get there, but what does it take from your perspective to hold it, if you will, and find a way to hold those nerves in that big moment? I think it's a combination of Confident, not cocky, know what you can do, not let outside noises, influences, you know, there's not a, there's no Augusta roar out of Pebble Creek, just in case <laughs> anyone's wondering. So you're not going to know by the shaking of the ground that something's happening, but there's buzz. People know, but I think it's, to me, it, I, it's so simple, uh, shot by shot, hole by hole, looking forward to the next shot, not two holes ahead not three holes behind you where something happened that was not good. Um, but it's that, but, but that's developed now through the coming 
five plus weeks until we hit that conference tournament um, that will set the table for you're going to feel those emotions. I think one thing the ladies didn't have last year, just when you talk about holding on, they had played within our conference. We were contact trace out of a couple events where they would have been maybe middle of the field or maybe towards the end, so they would have tasted defeat. So they definitely had um, this mentality that, like, we've done this and we've done that, hence this should be the result, you know, with, with how we've played. And we only won by a handful of strokes quite a few times in the fall for the women. But I think they just felt this weight of, like, we can't, we can't, we can't lose. I mean, that's – I mean, that's – my, so my younger son might think that way once in a while, so I don't want to throw him <laughs> on the bus, but it's like, we can't do this. It's like, no, I, I told him, do what it takes to get it done. And that's, to me, that's going to determine where we go, and that's every day. Are you going to be very, in, not in, how do I say this, not intelligent, purposeful in every shot you take? Or are you just going to kind of go through the motions because you had a couple bad holes? Each, each shot has its new opportunity. And if they're purposeful with each shot, good things will come because they're going to build on that and not have those moments of like, oh, I, I just I can't believe I did that and just hang on to that for a hole or two. And that, that's what brings you down, and that's what keeps you from being the best you can be by trying to keep up with a score in the past or make up for a bad hole instead of treating each shot and each hole as its own, its own little experience. And then I said, we'll add up the numbers when we're done, you know, just – Play golf. Don't, don't do the math most times. Just let it happen. Not make it happen. Let it happen because they're good enough to let it happen, and it can, be, it can be really, really good. 34 years at Northwestern, Coach Ani. We appreciate you sharing your perspective and just all the things you've learned with us and, and your love and passion for Northwestern as a school and as men's and women's golf, basketball, equipment, laundry, gym <laughs> setup, everything else you do. Thank you so much for the time. We really, really appreciate having you on the show with us. Thank you very much. I was a little nervous coming in, but uh, you guys made me feel at home. So <laughs> well, thank you. You, just like you do with all the other hats that you wear, you killed it. You did awesome, so we appreciate you. Ryan, great job as always, man. Same to you, David. Let's continue to fly. This is a big week. We're ready to keep on soaring. Let's start playing. Let's play yeah, some games. Absolutely. Let's, Let's go. Let's go.